the Benefits Corner podcast. Thanks for joining us. With each episode, we'll be speaking with business owners, thought leaders, and top performers. Our goal is to provide our audience with interesting, relevant information as it relates to employee benefits, Canadian healthcare, and running a business. Now, we should say up front that the views expressed by our guests are not necessarily those shared by the Benefits Corner nor its host. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. Today's show is brought to you by Aria Benefits, modern advisors backed by experience and technology. Now here's your host, Robin Bailey. All right, so we are back. Thanks for tuning back into the Benefits Corner. Guys, I hope you're enjoying the show. I'm having a blast doing it, so I hope you continue to tune in. So sitting across from me today is Gary Mitchell, and Gary's got a cool bio, and I'll say that because it's it's quite similar to mine. He's a uh, He's got a little more uh, accolades in there than I do, but we come from the same background, so it's exciting to be uh, sitting here with him. So Gary started in the business 30 years ago, and I can tell you, I know you won't see this, but he does not look like he's been in the business for 30 years. And he was hired into the benefits and pension division at London Life way back when London Life had that division, which was a great role at the time, and uh, hired right out of uh, school. And I see, Gary, that you graduated from Colgate uh, University in Hamilton, New York. Tell me how you came from Colgate and ended up as president of uh, Group Source today. Oh, I'll give you the Coles Nose version because 30 years is obviously uh, a long time, and I, and I can't believe, you know, even when I say it, 30 years, wow. You know, Isn't the end that of this, crazy? Yeah. So, at the end of this month, I would have uh, graduated Colgate. Hired by London Life, and literally the next day started in the Ottawa Benefit Office wow. uh, for uh, for four or five weeks until uh, they shipped us off to London for the training program. So yeah, really, it was hockey that brought me to uh, to Colgate University. I played a couple of years of junior hockey and was fortunate enough to play on a on a team that uh, had some very good players. So there was uh, always lots of schools around at our games, and that afforded many of us opportunities to. Uh, to go stateside on, on hockey scholarships, and uh, I, I chose Colgate for a number of reasons. It was uh, relatively close to home. You know, from Ottawa, it was only four, four and a half hours, so my parents could come down and, and see the games. In, in addition to that, it's from an academic point of view, very, very strong. Small school, 3,000 students. Uh, very cool environment there in that Colgate operates all their sports on a Division One level, so the, the top level. And being a small school, and, and given that they cover off all the sports uh, at a varsity level, probably close to a third of all the students there are student athletes. So that makes for a very interesting environment. And, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, so I was, uh, you know, an enjoyable four years to, to say the least. And if I was to do it all again, I would do it all again. It was a great experience. Now, what is it with London Life? Because I've met so many people over the years that were hired into that division, and we called it the EBSNS, Employee Benefit Sales and Service. And there seemed to be a mold of the person that they hired. They were, you know, 90% of the time or 99% of the time, they were athletes. So what do you think it was that London Life was going after? Because, you know, you'd go to a conference and you would, you'd see the same type of people and they were all high performers, highly skilled, um, I would say high leadership uh, qualities. So 
Why was London Life uh, approaching it like that? Yeah, I, I would say if you could boil it down to one thing, London Life had the opinion, and I would agree with that, is that somebody that plays a team sport or is involved in group anything, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily sports. And in London Life's case, uh, they looked at the, the various sports teams. I, I think when you're part of a team, you find a way to get along with everybody as best you can. You, you all may not like one another, but given that you're on a team, you find a way to make it work so that you can hopefully achieve your end goal of, of wins or more wins and losses. So I would say, again, just if, if I could put my finger on one thing, I, I would say just the ability of, of most team sport athletes to be able to play nice in the sandbox and, yeah, and, exactly. get, and get, get along well with others. Yeah. Exactly. An important life skill, obviously, when you do get into, you know, what uh, what we say, the, the real world, right? Because you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you're going to go into an, a, an office environment where you might not necessarily have the same views as everyone you're going to yeah. be working with. So I think that's important. Well, welcome to the show. I appreciate uh, you coming on. So, you know, we've gone from right out of school being hired with London Life. Take me down the career path to how you end up as uh, president of Group Source today. I joined Group Source uh, about five years ago, and the opportunity really presented itself when the previous owner of, of Group Source, uh, Greg Campbell, uh, was retiring. So he was looking to retire and sell off the business. My connection to Group Source at that time was as a VP of sales of SSQ Financial Group. So I spent 11 years at SSQ Financial Group. And at SSQ, outside of Quebec, we grew our business by partnering with TPA, okay. both on the, on the corporate side and on the union trust side. So I, because we had just a strong connection with Group Source from SSQ, uh, Greg approached us and said, can you help me you know, find uh, a new owner? Given that you're dealing with many TPAs in Canada, perhaps you can put some feelers out. Sure. So one thing led to another, and I would have left SSQ after 11 years back in July of uh, 2013. So, oh, okay. So, so five years this summer. Five years, yeah. I've been a group source, yeah. Wow. So it was really much like getting hired by London Life out of school. It was one of those things that wasn't planned, it wasn't mapped out. It just happened to be in the right place at the right time, I guess, and was able to, uh, to take advantage of an opportunity that presented itself. Yeah, interesting. I'll ask a maybe not so an obvious question, but you know, you and I have known each other for a long time. So, so obviously, I'm very familiar with Group Shores and 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 what you're doing. We've we've had an opportunity to work together in the past, but I think for a lot of the listeners, potentially, they might be sitting here thinking, "Who is Group Source?" So. What is Group Source all about? Sure. In the, I guess, the benefits vernacular, Group Source is considered a, a full service TPA, third party administrator. And really, all that means is that we not only administer benefit programs on behalf of employers, but we also manage and adjudicate health and dental claims as well as the short term disability claims. As far as the company itself, we've been around for 36 years, so really strong history uh, in the West and, and then now in Ontario as of the last three or four years, given that uh, I've spent a lot of time in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Our head office is, is domiciled in Calgary. However, we do have sales offices in Etobicoke, Edmonton, Calgary, as well as Vancouver. Okay, interesting. Now, it seems to be a reoccurring theme on the benefits corner, and I do like to ask people because I like to hear differing opinions. How do you feel about where the employee benefits industry is heading today? I would say it's in a state of transition. You know, if we look at the advisor side or the TPA side, so my side of the business, 
the amount of mergers and, and acquisition activity over extended period of time, it seems to have heated up again uh, this year. Yeah, we've seen quite a few already this year, I noticed. Yeah, and I would say we yeah, probably started what, four or five years ago. So yeah. I don't want to say a state of flux, but say a state of transition. And I guess in large part, you know, from our end of things and your end of things as an advisor, mergers and acquisitions has brought consolidation to the marketplace. And with that, I would say the positives certainly are it's provided succession opportunities to advisors or, or potentially TPA owners that maybe want to slow it down and, and, and take a back seat and eventually retire in the coming years. But it's also brought new players to the market, which means new ideas, which is, which is a good thing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. What do you see as the biggest challenges that employers are going to face over the next couple of years? Because I'm sitting here as a business owner, as are you, and a lot of our clients can relate to, and, and I find when we talk to business owners, we do have a lot of the same issues. So what do you see some of the issues that are facing employers going forward? Yeah, good question. And I'm a business owner myself. Yeah, so it's interesting, exactly. the issues you're facing or the issues our employers are facing are the same issues I'm facing as an owner at, at GroupSource. And, and I would say, you know, what we've heard loud and clear from our employer clients is that they're concerned about the sustainability of the current benefit levels. Yeah, definitely. Premiums, you know, continue to increase every year. You know, I'm hearing when we bring on new clients from from elsewhere, uh, employers appear to be devoting more and more time to managing their plans because of various service, call it issues or, or, or speed bumps. So now they're having to devote somebody to, you know, the day-to-day where they did yeah. in the past. So that, that costs them more as well. So really, I, I think the you know the, the concern over you know having a plan in the future or having a plan, but what is it going to look like relative to what's in place today? And, and, and I mean, you just look at I know in our our book of business and you know across you know all the provinces, we're seeing now the premiums you know roughly let's call it thirty five hundred dollars a year on average. You know with. 10% increase over the next four years. Now the employer is faced with $5,000 a head or more than $5,000 a head. There's a lot of pressures on, on the premium side of things with the advent, especially drugs and, and, the, and the costs that you have to bear to cover those under your program. The demographic, aging demographics is putting pressure on claims utilization, not only on the health side, but certainly on the disability side where incidence and duration are higher because people, people are older. So overall, certainly, um, just been able to sustain on the, the current levels of coverage and, and what that cost is going to look like if if I don't look to uh, to look at some different things and other solutions. Yeah, it's funny. I was having a coffee with a referral last week, and that was exactly the conversation we had. And she had turned to me and said, "You know, over the last five years, we've had an increase every year, and it, you know, at what point?" does the plan become prohibitive? And that was the big concern about creating a plan that would have sustainability because from what we hear, employees are coming in and they're asking, what's what's the pay, what's the salary? But the very next question is, what do my benefits look like? Absolutely. So although it's a very important part of the overall compensation strategy, employers are really getting concerned about exactly what you said, sustainability long-term. So I gotta ask you the question because you're the you're the head honcho here at Group Source, and, and if, if you don't know, then, then all is <laughs> <laughs> What's Group Source doing to maybe take care of some of these risks or help with these issues that are being faced by you know 
both of us as well as well as, as well as other employers. Sure, um, and you know if we don't find solutions, and really, uh, you know, we have a limited marketplace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, my business partner often refers to the two types of currency, and I don't know if you've come across, but uh, I'm, I'm certainly a believer that time and money. You know, and if you can name a third one, I, I don't know what it is, but certainly, uh, so I, there's no disagreement out of me when we talk about the two types of currency, uh, and really. That's our focus. Uh, what can we do to reduce these uh, these two currencies? So, from our perspective, if you look at the currency of time, you know, from the benefit administration point of view, our benefits admin system is top shelf. You know, it's supported by a dedicated department of billing admin staff. So, this really, in a nutshell, minimizes the amount of time employers spend managing their benefit program. So, we've positively impacted that currency of time there. On the employee side, uh, we've got a state-of-the-art claims system. We've got a very proactive claims team. And really, uh, between the claims team and the, the system and all of the options that employees have today to send us a claim or submit a claim, whether it's real-time or photo app, if they want to scan an email, if they want to mail it, we've really done a good job, I would say, of minimizing the amount of time employees are out of pocket. Because if you think of the average claim now, it doesn't matter what you claim, one claim is impactful to the employee's sure. wallet. You know, yeah, whether sure. it's a pyramid visit or whether the average drug cost is, is 40, 50 bucks. So from a time perspective, we really pride ourselves on what we've been able to do to basically take the benefits admin side off the employer's hands and really on the plan member side, really uh, develop a, you know, a solid game plan to make sure that the plan members aren't out of pocket too long. Yeah. And uh, you know, that's two things that we've heard loud and clear, you know, one from the plan administrators, you know, I really, benefits admin is, is one of 15 things I do here. Exactly. And the more time I have to allocate yeah. to, to handling the benefit plan, it means the less time I focused on my other responsibilities. Yeah, that's that's really cool because any plan administrator or controller or business owner that I talk to, I would include myself in that list, we're all wearing a lot of different hats. Yeah. So I don't want to really be spending a lot of time on a benefits administration, even though that's what I do. I mean, I look yeah. after benefits, of course, but you know, I certainly understand that pain that they're doing a lot of other things. So I think any way you can make it easier, take up less time is something positive. On the employee side, that's consistently what I'm hearing. Give me flexibility on, in terms of how I submit the, you know, the claim. In any typical company that I go into, we're dealing with several different demographics. You have people who want to have that paper claim still. You want people who ought to be able to take care of it in you know, a minute to 30 seconds on, the, on their smartphone. So yeah. I think I think that's, uh, so kudos to and, you guys for doing that. And just to add, I, I would say, you know, our, our claims people are, uh, and staff members are the ones taking the calls as well. So juggling that is, I think, in a very important feature that, you know, on a weekly basis, we have a look at volumes to make sure that we're continuing not only to turn around the claims quickly, but also cover off the phones quickly and efficiently as well. And, and where that's paid huge dividends for us, and I think where our clients really appreciate as well, is when a plan member calls in to our claims department, they're talking to somebody that can handle the claim and, and fix the problem. But then our claims team will take that one step further and ideally will explain to the individual why that problem was created in the first place. Because nothing worse than correcting that problem and the employee or the staff member or maybe it's a spouse 
they really don't know what happened behind the scenes that caused you know them to need to call yeah so sure. the one thing we really try to hammer home with our claims team is you know fix the issue fix it quickly make it easy to fix but also if there's something there that we can shed some light on as to why that problem occurred in the first place let's do that so that they don't encounter the same thing sure. a month from now yeah. or six months from now when they go back to the dentist or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, that's important because I would think as, a, as an owner of a uh, of a company like yours, you want that member experience to be as positive as possible. Absolutely. And you know, sometimes it can't, sometimes things happen, but I think as long as you can come and say, hey, here's what happened so it doesn't happen again and you know, try to make it right, I think most people will understand that. Yeah, yeah. Covering off the, the premium side or the, the second type of currency, the, the money side, you know, we have through partners, some, you know, created in-house uh, a number of different unique solutions, whether it be plan design options or funding alternatives that prove to help with cost containment and, and sustainability. So I know, you know, you've taken advantage of some of those and with through some of your clients and uh, again, not to pat ourselves on the back, but I, I think our, our advisor network uh, appreciate uh, some of the unique things that we do do and can do and are willing to do and look at uh, to help give the client uh, the experience that they're they're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. If you've listened to our podcast in the past, you know we always try to ask a fun question. So I've got I've got a last one before we let you go. Uh, what's one of the best or uh, most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Ah, that is a very good question. For me, I mean, there's there's so many over a 30 year career, but I would say the most recent was five years ago when I had an opportunity to invest in Group Source and become a business owner. That allowed me not only to put into use all of the, the things I learned working for the carriers over the years and the experience I gained from working with those carriers, but it also gave me an opportunity to create an asset for myself and my family sure. that hopefully uh, you know, will put us in a better spot uh, you know, 5, 10, 15 yeah. more years down the road. Yeah. Well, that's why you do it, right? Yeah. Well, Gary, this has been awesome hanging out with you and we'll continue after the podcast. Hopefully we, you can stick around and we'll, sure. uh, we'll chat for, for a few more minutes. How can people get in touch with you? Probably best bet is email gmitchell at groupsource.ca. So two L's in, in Mitchell. Website www.groupsource.ca as well. So that's probably uh, given my travel schedule and given that I'm on the road, uh, you know, email is, is yeah. probably best bet. All right. Good stuff. All right, friends, thanks again for listening today. If you have any thoughts on today's show, as always, I'd love to hear your feedback. I can be reached at rbailey at Aria Benefits or Robin Bailey on LinkedIn. That's probably a good spot to get me. As always, be sure to check out the new website. We've put a link on there for so all the podcasts are on there. So if you ever need to go back and have a refresher, they're going to be there waiting for you. And that's it. We'll see you next time on the Benefits Corner. <music>